you need to know what's happening, it's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Jason LaConfora. Back for another edition of In the Huddle. Super Bowl is coming gone. Carl Dukes put him up along with my man Jason LaConfora. Brian Baldinger, part of this podcast as well as we talk about all things NFL, guys. And... All I can say, Jason, is we asked for a great game last week. It's all we wanted. Yeah. We said, let's, let's just have a great game. They gave us a great effing game. That's the first thing we need to address. It's hard in these Super Bowls. They're blowouts. They're not interesting. Yep. This was a great game. Yeah. I mean, it was it was compelling from start to finish. Um, Jalen Hurts in defeat. I, I don't know what – more anybody could have wanted out of that young man. I mean, yes, he had one mistake handling the football. But, I mean, that was a performance for the ages. Uh, just so many people stepped up. Mahomes gutting it out when he didn't have his best stuff and wasn't 100%. Um, Andy Reid and his staff, the things they did, and I'm sure you'll get, you, you, you'll get more into this with Baldy on Thursday, but – schematically what they did with their blocking schemes and getting a lot of different people involved and helping their offensive line um, on a day where they gave up no sacks, hardly any pressures. And, and that was what we thought would be a mismatch, right? The two areas I thought the Eagles could bully the Chiefs and maybe make the game go their way was the ability to run it down their throats in a multitude of ways and their ability to get pressure without bringing numbers. They, they got almost no pressure, and the only guy who ran it effectively was the quarterback yep not i mean that was it gainwell a little bit early and that was it you know sanders was a nothing burger um the offensive line of the eagles was not able to move people around and create big holes in the running game and the eagles were not able to pressure patrick mahomes who was playing again at less than 100 percent. and those were massive factors in the game despite all that at one point in time you know we're we're looking at 60 plays having been run by the eagles to just 30 for the Chiefs and the Eagles, you know, more than doubling them up in time of possession. And yet the Chiefs came back and won and played a perfect second half and maximized all their opportunities um, and and didn't let the clock beat them. You know, we talked a, last, a lot last week about the clock and, and, and you know, the Eagles using the clock to their advantage. Um, it's a wild game, man. And, and another real – you know, diamond in the crown of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, and they're not done getting jewelry yet, I don't think, by a long shot. So um, a wild game, um, a game in which uh, really the Chiefs made their own breaks. You know, you, you look at the Nick Bolton scoop and score. You look at the Kadarius Tony 60-plus uh, yard punt return. Yeah. I mean, that's probably, you know, that's the game. I mean, that's the that's the difference in the game. So the crazy thing about this and how I've been describing it, Jason, um, is if you went into an NBA Finals game and I told you Michael Jordan wasn't going to have 30 because that was the Eagles defensive line, right? With Hassan Reddick with 19 and a half sacks and all these other guys with 11 or more, all with double digit sacks. And you go into the final game of the year, the biggest game of the year, and I tell you, hey, by the way, Jordan's not going to score 30 tonight. He may only give you he may only give you three. And that's what the Eagles' defensive line did. They didn't show up, and that is the reason why they lost this game. Now, the reason why that's important is because we need to talk about the Bradbury play because it is important. We yep. need to talk about the officiating and, and what the NFL has been saying about this all year long. 
But that is not the reason why the Eagles lost the game. It was an inopportune time to call it. But the Eagles defensive front that had dominated everybody all year long gets yep. into the biggest game of the year, and they don't do jack. Really, that's what this comes down to. And if Mahomes has that kind of time, and he's in rhythm as he was in the second half, where he only had one incompletion, 13 for 14 for a buck 26 and, and a touchdown or two touchdowns, you're not going to beat the Chiefs. And that, no. to me, is why the Eagles lost this Super Bowl. Yeah, they, they couldn't affect the quarterback nearly enough. They, they couldn't make him uncomfortable nearly enough. Um, his longest completion was 22 yards. That was to Kelsey. And I don't think that traveled more than maybe 16 through the air. So it was not going to be pushing it downfield. We talked about this. Valdez Scantling against Darius Slay, 50 yards downfield, was not going to be the way. They'd have to run the ball. Yep. Andy Reid was going to have to stay balanced. We talked about since week 10, he had gone from running the ball the third fewest in the NFL on a percentage basis to the 13th fewest, right? He had been running the ball 41% of the time since week 10. The league average is 44. Was he going to go above that in the Super Bowl? Yeah, it was almost a 50-50 split run to pass, um, which they needed. Uh, because, again, the splash plays weren't going to be there. They'd have to keep that Eagles defense honest in different ways. It was going to have to be a rhythm, tempo passing game, high percentage passes, do what you can yards after the catch. But it wasn't going to be about explosive plays. It was going to be about no turnovers, highly efficient pass game, and run the ball more than some people think. And 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 that's what it was. Um, and again, as great as Mahomes played, if they don't get seven from the defense and they don't get the big special team score, I don't think they get the 38. And it You're was right. Take at yeah. least getting the 36 to win that thing. So it was complimentary football. The defense was by no means special, but they made a couple of special plays, which affected the outcome. As for the Bradbury play, you know, early in that game, Juju Smith-Schuster on a third down is going across the middle right around midfield. Bradbury affects him more <clears throat> in that play than he did in the final one that we're talking about. They let that go. You know what I mean? So as much as Bradbury's going to come out and say, oh, I did this, good on him for saying it. But he also did more than that earlier in the game. And Nothing. More, more officials had, had eyes on that, and nobody threw a flag. So how that – somehow that standard changes from the first quarter to the fourth quarter. Hmm. I'd also say Tyreek Hill wasn't catching that ball in the back of the end zone, let alone, let alone Juju Smith-Schuster, who runs like his feet are in cement now. Yeah, it was un like, it's an uncatchable ball. I think Mahomes was almost throwing it away just to see if he got the call. Yep. And they gave him the call. Like, I mean, that's the other part, too. I think common sense, in a situation of that much magnitude, I think you got to be real about, where, like, okay, what is the what is the what was even the desired outcome of that play? The desired outcome of that play for the Chiefs was, don't bleep it up. We're in field goal range. And maybe you get a flag. Like, I mean, that there was no chance he was catching that ball. So is that why the game was won or lost? No. But is it shameful for the NFL that we continue to have games marred by insufficient, not up to standard playing conditions? By that, I mean the field. It was terrible. And the officials. Like, how can this – B, they thumped their chest about we're going to be 20 million, 20 billion in revenue, and we're shooting for 25 billion in revenue, and we're going to play games on the moon one day. You know, first it's, you know, it's England, it's Germany, it's Mexico, it's going to be Brazil. 
We're going to, yeah, we're playing on the moon. And we keep seeing guys slipping and sliding and getting hurt, non-contact in playoff games. I mean, this isn't a preseason game. And I saw a tweet the league sent out that morning about how much time and money they put into that playing surface. And I oh, saw we've got all these pallets. Did you see that? It was like it's like eighty million dollars. We roll it in, <laughs> we roll it out. We're 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 watching it like it's a newborn baby. I mean, well, did anybody test it out? I mean. What the hell are we doing here? It's shameful. Shameful. It was bad. There's no doubt about it. Guys are changing cleats to try to adjust on the game. And listen, that can be a normal thing. This is the Super Bowl. This isn't this isn't any given Sunday. It's the damn Super Bowl. So these guys shouldn't have to go through that or worry about a guy slipping and breaking his ankle. But they're fortunate nobody seriously got hurt. Ser- you know, on the on the big picture. The NFL can claim, oh, we'll be better because nobody sustained a serious injury. It's in the huddle. We sub, uh, we do this every Tuesday and Thursday, guys. Subscribe. We put out new episodes. We're talking about Super Bowl 57. It's one of the all-time greats. Uh, I don't want to sit here and tell you it's the greatest Super Bowl and be a prisoner of the moment. But it's one of the all-time best Super Bowls because it went down to the end. The problem was we were not satisfied as fans because you had an anticlimactic ending. The game itself was great. The last minute 40, weak sauce. And that's why fans around the country are like, whether you're an Eagles or Chiefs fan, it's like most people weren't. Most people just watching this game, Jason, you know, have an interest and be with friends and eat chicken wings or whatever the hell they were eating. But at the end of the day, you're like, ah, the ending, man, it sucks. Let's be honest. Well, and I think, again, neutral observer, just sort of someone watching as a fan of Football, football fan of the human spectacle what these men can do with their minds and bodies for three hours um hurts played one of the all-time great games i mean again he, he he literally was the entire offense i mean he made throws the likes of which mahomes didn't even attempt in that game and he made them time and time again and he was the only person who could run the football for that team. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what more, other than throwing a pass to himself, I don't know what more anyone could ask of him. Uh, he was the entirety of their offense. And he didn't get one last bite at the apple, you know? It's 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 11 seconds instead of 35 or, you know, 48 or a minute 12 or whatever it could have been, you know, had they not thrown – a flag when they did. So as well as he played, you would have really liked to see him get, you know, have at least a, one timeout and 30-some seconds to operate with and see if he can get him in field goal range. Um, but, I, I, I mean, what a what a tour de force performance. Had they given Jalen Hurts the MVP award, I don't know that anybody could have really flinched. No. I mean, I, I wouldn't have. Like, I get it. From start to finish, opening drive till the last time he had the ball in his hands, he was the best football player on that field for the totality of that game, period. Hands down. I, I totally agree. And by the way, while we are talking about the Eagles offense, this just in, it is Tuesday, so this is coming in as we speak, but Shane Steichen has taken the job with the Indianapolis Colts. He will become their new head coach. For Jason and I, the good news is is that Jeff Saturday is not getting that job, all right? And not that we're haters, but the fact no. is – well, listen. We, it's we good talk- news for the sport, but for for my for my Twitter feed and my <laughs> columns at the Washington Post, I just I, I lost my muse, man. Yeah. I mean, him and Ursay. No, that was listen. a dream team. Oh, trust and, me. 
There are guys yeah. that you you just you you're like this is great. That train was always on time, Carl. I'm gonna miss that train. <laughs> you're getting all this great stuff. But Shane Steichen is the Eagles yeah. was the Eagles defensive or offensive coordinator. He spent seven seasons uh, with the the Los Angeles San Diego Chargers. Obviously, Sirianni brought him over. The cool thing about this, and you, we talked about it last week, Jason. He was the guy calling the plays. It wasn't Nick Sirianni. Yeah. So. Two twofold here as we're talking about the, the results of the Super Bowl. One, he takes the Colts job. There's a lot there. They got a lot to fix. But what does oh, it yeah. do for but what does it do for the Eagles now? Does does Sirianni still go out and hire another OC and decide to not call no. plays? I, I would think they promote their quarterback coach, Brian Johnson, who a lot of people had interest in as an OC. And yeah. now this allows them to keep him in the building, right? Because he would you we want to go somewhere else and work with a lesser quarterback? Or you want to stay here, compete for a Lombardi Trophy, work with Jalen Hurts sure. with all these pieces on offense, and fast track yourself to be a head coach in three years from now. So I would think that would be the chain of command, and Sirianni would delegate, and we'll see how that goes. Um, and then as to you know the Colts hire, I mean, look, it, it makes sense. Um, they're going to be drafting a quarterback. You know, they can't. They they got to get off the the end of the career carousel. You know, everything they've done since Andrew Luck retired has been kind of chasing somebody whose best was behind them. So now they've got to develop one of their own and they got to invest real draft capital in it. And because they were so inept under Jeff Saturday, they're positioned to do it. And it's a pretty decent chance that a part of this quarterback's toolkit will be the ability to extend plays, the ability to move around, the ability to play the option game and the RPO game. And that's obviously. You know, when the Eagles took off is when they kind of met Jalen Hurts halfway. So uh, I get it. Um, it is interesting, though, because a lot of guys on that staff are Frank Wright guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Including Sirianni. Remember when Sirianni and the Eagles had to fight furiously to beat a bad Colts team? And when they did, Sirianni was, you know, this is for Frank Reich. And oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Jim Mersey and all that. Um, <laughs> so I guess there's a little irony in that. But uh yeah, um, we'll see what they do with whichever quarterback they end up drafting. I think it, you know, I've heard a lot of buzz about them and Will Levis, so we'll see. Yeah, I saw Levis play up close and personal this season because uh, Kentucky's one of the schools my, my daughter was looking yeah. at. So we went up there and checked it out. But um, he, he's NFL built, right? He's got the, mm -hmm. the physical tools you yeah. like NFL quarterback. And then he's played a lot. I mean, he played at Penn State, and then he, you know, transferred and all that stuff. Yeah. Point is, we'll see. we got plenty of time to talk about the draft. But a lot of people think it's, you know, uh, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and then Will Levis. Mm -hmm. Some people have Levis in front of C.J. Stroud. And I'm like, why? I don't know. I don't believe that to be the case. I think he's the third if you're going to start ranking these guys. Listen, C.J. Stroud showed me a lot in the college football playoff. And, oh, yeah. He and, played against and, NFL team. Yeah. Yes. And, and I think, you know, that elevated his draft status. But point is, guys, the Colts have a new head coach, Shane Steichen. We'll see where it goes. We wanted to mention that because it's literally just happening. I want to talk about the legacy of Patrick Mahomes because he's now the 13th starting quarterback to win multiple Super Bowls. And you start talking about these guys, right, and they're all in the hall. I mean, you start talking about Bradshaw and Staubach and – you know, Brady's the outlier, guys, of course, but yeah. Rockmusberger, Elway, the the Mannings, um, both Mannings have two each, you know. Yeah. So he's done something, Jason, that no one, nobody's ever done in a five-year period. 
two regular season MVPs, two Super Bowl MVPs, two Super Bowl chips, and he's 27 years old. I mean, this thing is this is yeah. this is interesting when you start projecting one we we don't know about health. But before the age of 30, and Jason, if they're able to get back, this guy could have three chips within a six or seven year period. Nobody's done that. Well, and I, the difference for me, too, is you go back. Okay, the first you mentioned Ben Roethlisberger. Bro, he was along for the ride in that first Super Bowl. I mean, for that sure. was about the bus. That was about a couple trick plays. You know, that was about Bill Cowher's defense. Yep. I mean, there were games where it was it, – Roethlisberger might as well have been Terry Bradshaw. You get seven completions, we win the game. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? And don't turn it over more than twice. Like, that was the reality of that first one with Ben. And even, you know, Tom Brady's first one, to take nothing away from anything that man accomplished, but that was about running the ball 30-plus times, and it didn't matter if Antoine Smith was only getting 2.5 yards per carry. We're going to keep running it, right? It was about the defense that Belichick built. Um and it was about Brady literally just don't turn the ball over, manage the game, you know, make a couple of big plays 20-plus yards downfield if you can, son, but just don't bleep it up. Mahomes has been the main thing the entire time. Like, the defense has never been great. Yep. He does have a Hall of Fame tight end, but this time he did it without the, you know, the potential future Hall of Fame wide receiver. It, it was living in 12 and 13 personnel with backup tight ends. And it was a bunch of dudes. I mean, anybody in the league could have had Kadarius Tony, you know, and like Valdez Scantling, Juju for not a big, you know, not big money. I mean, they they invested in the offensive line, but you know, the running back, we think he's really good. I think I'll have a nice career. They got him in the seventh round, right? You know, it was think about how many rookies played meaningful snaps for them in the Super Bowl. Now this was Mahomes, man. I mean, it's been all Mahomes. The entire time he threw for 50 touchdowns his first season in the league. You know, <laughs> he he wasn't the the tugboat, he was the 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 yacht. He he's the main thing. Like, so I think that's a little different too, and how some of these guys, you know, won theirs early in the in their careers. Like, this isn't a dream team built around him. He's the dream team. Right. Yeah. It, it's it's interesting. The other the other thing is this ability to bring his team back. Um, the number is 14 and 10 when his team trails by double digits. Okay. Since 2018. So your team is down 10 or more, and this guy has a winning record. Yeah. Okay. In the NFL. They were down 24-14 in the Super Bowl. He comes back. So now Mahomes has two comebacks. Of at least 10 points or more, Jason, in the Super Bowl, which ties that guy, Tom Brady. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, you're never out of it. There are some no. great quarterbacks across the league, some guys we really like, some dudes that we think are like, all right, he's going to be a guy. But the deal with Mahomes is you're never out of it. No. You can be, you can look up at the scoreboard, you're like, oh, damn, we're down 16. And you just feel like it's gonna, you're going to get back in the game. Well, and again, this stands out to me. Like, we start talking legacy and – how this resonates and the impact. This wasn't go throw a 50-yard fly route to the Cheetah and see if he draws a penalty or just hauls it in. It was none of that. You're right. You were gonna have to you were gonna have to architect it, you know, and structure it a different way. And he did. This was about spreading it around, getting everybody involved, the genius of Andy Reid on some of those 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 play designs where 
you got a wide receiver butt ass open to, to walk backwards into the end zone, you know, do cartwheels into the end zone if he wants. And it was just, a, it was about being that ultimate facilitator, being able to, to, to have that sort of genius thing in your mind where you're constantly balancing the clock. You know what I mean? You're balancing everything going on around you. Um, you're maximizing your performance. You're maximizing the performance of others. Um, and you're doing it while chasing the clock and chasing a Super Bowl caliber team who you're losing to on an, in a neutral site on a crappy field, like with with, with a bum ankle. Mm, one leg. <laughs>